of a pen and a napkin podcast. Welcome to episode nine of Winning Time, our review. And when I say our, I mean my man, Casey Hall. Mr. Hall, how are you this evening? Doing good. It's a great rainy day in Omaha, Nebraska, that's for sure. Well, the good thing as we were talking off air, I sealed my deck yesterday afternoon, and so I got immediate uh, results as to how well I sealed my deck. And well, you'll you'll find out probably in a few days when it dries off to make sure there's no uh, water stains anywhere. I I hope not. Uh, it was it, there was a lot of good uh, uh, what do you call them a water bubble. It was it was beating up very well. So that's, that's a plus then. Yes, that's a plus, especially with how much we spent on the deck. Um, this thing needs to last us basically until I die. Uh, right. So two hours every couple of years, you know, it's it's well worth the effort. It's well worth oh, the yeah. effort. So, yeah. Um, but we are back here. We are here to talk about episode nine of Winning Time. Uh, we are really excited to talk about this episode. It was... Uh, you know, we, we haven't, you know, folks, you got to believe us when we say this, uh, we, we do not, uh, we do not talk about any of this before we jump on air. And so, uh, acceptable loss is the name of this episode. And, uh, Mr. Hall, uh, let's just get the ball rolling here. No pun intended. Uh, what, uh, y- your thoughts on this, on this particular episode? Um, it was a very emotional episode for multiple characters, I would say. Yeah. Um, lots of different family situations and learning situations for different people from Dr. Bus to... Um, Jeannie to um, Spencer Haywood, um, just kind of showing a little different life lessons, I guess you could say, from for everybody there, and as a, then as well as the coaching staff and McKinney and Riley and yeah. Westhead. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it's kind of like the thing um, where. I felt really bad for Jack McKinney, um, and and Jesse Jesse Bus. That's that's her her name. Um, uh, the matriarch of the Bus uh, family here passes away, and you know, but she's you know she's older. She's lived life. She's lived a full life, uh, and. You know, it's it's easier. It's never easy, but it's easier to say goodbye to somebody that's older as opposed to Jack McKinney, who is a younger man. He's on the verge of doing something great, and he just can't make it happen for himself. Yep. So uh, he's got a lot of things holding him back, unfortunately, and all of it's beyond his control. Right. Right. He has no hands and. What's happened for the most part? Yeah, which is you know it's it's kind of uh, you know when when you have the the player that can't stay healthy and and stay on the court or stay on the field or uh, you know those when the when the careers are cut short and it's not that person's fault uh, that those are the those are the ones that guy yeah, you just really feel for people. 
and yep. and that makes it that makes it difficult. So, um, you know, yeah, you, you were right. It, it, there was a lot of emotion in this episode. There was a lot of, you know, ups and downs. Uh, it was an interesting uh, look within the team um, and kind of the downward spiral here of of Dr. Bus emotionally with the with the passing of his mom and I you know I mean not that I blame him I've been there I've done that it is it is awful and whether it she's older or whether she's younger like my mom was or you know the the ups and downs and the the, the spiral of of a Spencer Haywood uh, to a degree kind of the spiral of Jeannie Bus where she wants to do something and she wants to be great at it and she's not her her father has kind of pigeonholed her in a certain role of things you know so you know everybody's kind of fighting upwards if you will there there's a fight for everybody here in this episode it feels like so yes um overall so overall uh thoughts other things um what did you think uh well let's just jump into it let's let's get going here with our categories here best scene of the episode uh casey i'll let you i'll let you go first there was there was a couple and like I've kind of over the series here I've kind of bashed uh, and kind of got on the producers and everybody for not showing enough basketball, um, but I actually thought this episode was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of seeing, hearing life stories of different people and kind of seeing where they came from and everything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that. I mean, it was, it wasn't as slow as some of the other storylines have been, which was, which mm-hmm. was good. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scenes was, uh, just Jesse Buss and Jeannie talking there at the pool when they broke into the house. Yeah. Um, her, her, her grandmother just kind of laying it out there and telling her, go get what you want. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't wait for somebody else or don't let anybody hold you back. Just go do what you want to do. And I think that's, um, I think that's just a great life lesson for anybody. Like don't hold back. And if you want to do something, go do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I thought that was a good, a good scene. Um, and then I also liked, um, can I say something about the house? Yeah. So I did a little, as Bill Simmons would call it, half-assed inter- internet research on this. Yeah. Okay. And he, it, they, they were, they were inaccurate, uh, in the sense Jerry Buss actually owned that place. I don't know why it was locked up, but he, he actually purchased that place in 1979. Uh, it it was a house called pick fair. And do you know who Mary Pickford was? I do not. Okay. It's a good thing. I'm here. Um, Mary Pickford was essentially the first great American movie actress in the silent movies of the, I guess we'll call it the teens and the twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, she starred in 52 silent films. She is the first actress ever to make $10,000 a week acting. And yeah. she was married three times, including to a guy named Douglas Fairbanks, who was kind of the king of the silent movies or one of the kings of the silent movies. Uh, basically they were the Ben Affleck and JLo of the, the roaring twenties. And okay. that's how prominent 
of a couple they were. And they had this massive mansion in Hollywood, and she kind of became reclusive and spent all of her time there, uh, wouldn't grant people interviews, kind of turned like a like a little bit of a Howard Hughes type of a situation. Yeah. And and so she died and then Jerry Buss bought her the the mansion and the estate after she died. Okay. So there you go. So it was kind of accurate where he said before she passed away there that he goes, I'm gonna buy this for you. Mm-hmm. You can live here. So that was kind of somewhat accurate to a point. To a point. Yes, to a point. Okay. Yep. yep. So so there there's my there's my half ass internet research, as Bill said. That works. Yeah. So um yeah, I I liked the, I liked her pushing kind of the female empowerment, which both yeah. of us are girls basketball coaches, so we're all about female empowerment. Um I like that. What else did you like? Um and I liked uh, the other uh, scene I liked, well, one of them was um, when Spencer Haywood, well, Kareem came in and told Spencer Haywood pretty much that he was kicked off the team. I loved, uh, I loved the two or three scenes with Kareem and Spencer Haywood. I loved yeah. the evolution. And there's, of what and there they was more of those, episode. like, yeah. yeah, there was more of those scenes, like even at the beginning where he told him to get off the, kick the habit or you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I liked, I liked, I liked it from the. Spencer Hayward point of view, kind of talking about it, the way he grew up and being born on a dirt floor and scared, scared out of his mind every time he heard that whistle from, um, oh, from the overseer, from the overseer, the foreman, yeah, essentially the overseer, yeah, yeah. So I I like I like that scene, Um, and I thought it was a short one, but I liked the scene where. Jerry Buss came in and told um, uh, Paul and Patrick that uh, they were they were the head coaches and they just got excited and loved it. And I, I just thought that was um, as nervous and as frantic as they were and scared. It just kind of was good to see them be excited that they were still there. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to play it cool, but, yeah, you know, they, they really weren't playing it that cool. Yeah. Um, I thought for me, the the highlight of the episode was uh, again kind of the evolution of the relationship between Kareem and and Haywood. Um, that's the probably the stuff I enjoyed the most out of this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought that uh, the acting was really good. Uh, it was unfortunately again somewhat true, but it's not accurate. With uh, Haywood basically almost having a seizure uh, while they were getting ready to practice, that actually uh, didn't happen until the finals. Yeah, I, I looked at I looked that up as well, and mm-hmm. I, I I saw that didn't happen until the finals, and that's when he got kicked off. Yeah, so there wasn't the the scene where he they're stretching before practice, and he says he's he's meditating, and Mark Landsberger. King, he he has one line every episode, but he nails it. Yes. Uh, and he, he, he's pretty angry for a guy that's meditating. That made me laugh out loud. Uh, I mean, I did. I felt sorry for, for Haywood having a drug seizure, uh, but uh, th- that was a good line. And, yeah. and, uh, but but that, act, that, that, that scenario actually happened right before the finals, and there wasn't, to my knowledge, there wasn't a, a team vote, and they said, okay— we're sending you home here 
or whatever that's that was dramatized to my knowledge again maybe oh, yeah, it did and yeah and i kind of looked up on that too and what i read it was westhead pretty much made the decision and he kicked him off okay okay like i, I kind of was trying to figure it out like when he got kicked off and how he got kicked off and everything and what i read or other people had said it was Westhead that did did kick him off, but it was in the finals, and I and I couldn't find anything where it was a player's vote or anything. Yeah, yeah. See, that's another, you know, that's a that's a Hollywood thing. Uh, yeah, me, you know. So um, another great line, and I now uh, you know I watched it last night, but I think it was Jerry West uh, said something, and he said, "Well, I'm about to call a priest." And and then Jerry West said, "Don't do that. Chances are he's rooting for the Celtics." Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a pretty good one. Uh, that was that was a good line. That was early in the episode as well. So, yeah. um, so kind of in the same vein here, both of us kind of agree that the kind of the, the, probably if we had to have one thing rise to the top, it'd be Kareem and and Spencer and, yeah. and their relationship in this episode. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Okay, uh, worst scene of the episode. Um, May she rest in peace. Um, I feel really bad. You know, again, I lost my mom at 22 years old. Uh, but in some ways, I'm, I'm ready. To, you know, it's it's time to move on from, from that storyline and move yeah. through uh, what else is going on. And, and kind of one of my nitpicks, again, it's supposed to be a basketball show. And we got very little basketball in this episode. In and, and the Lakers won pretty comfortably. I did look that up. They won in the semifinals. They won four games to one. In the conference finals, they won four games to one. So they won pretty comfortably, uh, though, both of those series. Uh, but to just kind of skate through the Western Conference playoffs and have maybe three minutes on it, whatever it was, yeah. some total, that was a little disappointing. Uh, again, at the expense of this storyline that both of you and I have for the duration of the series have, have kind of said, yeah, we could do without this. Yep. So that, that yeah, was, I, that was the worst part of it for me. Yeah. I, I thought they dragged on that and maybe it was true. He did, didn't attend any games and sat in the hospital with her and everything. I don't know. Um, but it did drag on a little bit. Um, but another scene I, I don't know. Maybe this did happen, but I didn't. Why? Why is why is Jerry Bus, Doctor Bus, meeting with Chick Hearn and other guys on deciding who's going to coach the team? I think he just wanted a consensus. I think he just, okay. you know, it is what I'm thinking. Is it right? Uh, you know that positive affirmation that we've that we've all gone through. I mean, you know. You were a head coach for a long time. I've been a head coach for a long time. We may think we know what is right, but there's times where we have those tough decisions, and we need to just continue to kind of ask people. And if we get enough people telling us one thing when we're not really sure what to do, I think that is a human instinct that we that's the direction we should go if we're not really sure what direction to go. And unfortunately, yeah, I, he couldn't find a consensus one way or the other. Yeah, I just I didn't like that scene at the beginning where he's in there in the conference room asking everybody. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of odd because I don't see a play-by-play guy having 
an insight on who should or who shouldn't be a coach, but yeah. that's just me. Well, rookie owner mistake. Can we can we chalk it up to that? Maybe that's it. Well, and what we'll see, uh, what I imagine what we'll see in season two is, I don't know if you know this or not, Casey, this is this is in the book, when Westhead, sorry, spoiler alert, folks, but if, if you're behind NBA basketball history for 40 years, then this is on you, but Westhead gets fired in the 82 season, early on in the 82 season, that's where Magic yep. requests a trade. Mm-hmm. And they fire him, and they replace him with Riley. And at the press conference, Jerry Buss says something along the lines, all right, well, Riley's going to coach the defense, and Jerry West is going to coach the offense, and they're going to be basically co-head coaches, but technically Riley's going to be in charge, and Jerry West is going to return to the bench. And, you know, depending on how the lawsuit goes, but if slash when we get to that scene, I can't wait to see how many F-bombs Jerry West is going to drop in a 30-second uh, time period yeah. when, when that rolls around. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be that's gonna be a real entertaining situation, I got a feeling, just seeing it live and how they portray it in the movie, I guess. Yeah. Or the series. Yeah, so I, I think it's just, like I said, I think it's probably just rookie owner mistake. And instead of saying, here's what we're going to do and I know what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, um, I just need to hear it from from other people. I uh, that's my guess. Yeah, that's my that guess. could be. Yep. So, uh, anything else on worst scenes or anything like that? No, and I didn't think there were there were. Like I said at the beginning, I didn't think there was too many bad scenes. Really. Yeah, I yeah I uh, kind of a preview of my um, of my overall grade. There, there wasn't too many bad scenes. I don't think there were too many great scenes. Yeah. Either, maybe know. maybe one bad scene, and I don't... They put it in there for only one scene was when Magic was in bed with <laughs> a few different friendlies uh-huh. and got up to make a phone call to Cookie. Like, I don't know why that was put in the script because it didn't have anything to really do with what was going on for this episode. Well... He he said that Rhonda lost the baby. And, oh yeah, I guess that did and, come and he up. Could pro- he could prove that I could prove that it's not mine and it wasn't mine anyway. You know, it's like well, I, I think that was the purpose of it. Yeah, that could be it. But yeah. I mean, it was the only it, it was a two minute clip and it didn't come up again, so it was just kind of weird. Yeah, kind of like a random. Okay, we gotta we gotta remind people that. Cookie Magic's is married part- to Cookie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that type of thing. So, um, grade the basketball realism and why? Uh, I'll go first on this one. Okay. Uh, I gave it a C, C plus. I gave a C plus. I thought the footage was pretty decent. Um, I, you know, from a schematic point of view, uh, we're not going to have our power forward set a ball screen on our center four <laughs> feet away from the basket so he can go finish like he uh like spencer laid on uh uh yeah. oh, who's the guy jack sigma there yeah. for kareem uh that that was not great uh other than that the basketball footage was okay uh i thought uh one of the more realistic things and and we've both been there and and pretty much if, if you've ever coached you've been there and this kind of goes it's, it's not a coaching point, per se, but it's more of a coaching experience, and this is part of the basketball realism. Um, 
you referred to uh, Westhead and Riley trying to play it cool and being stressed out about the the job and, and stuff like that, and, and just waiting to try to get that final confirmation that they were going to finish out the season. When, when you're up for a job and you really want that job, uh, it's excruciating. If, if it's a job that you are, if you feel like it's a really, really big deal, uh, that stress and waiting for that job to come along or waiting for the final word from the from the decision makers is it's it's very very difficult and in some ways that was a pretty accurate portrayal of you're sitting there going well why of course why wouldn't they give me this job i can do this i can do this i know that they interviewed pete smith for this job and i know i'm way better than pete smith and blah 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 so i I thought that was part of the basketball realism to me yeah, I agree. I mean, there was. I mean, I gave it a. I gave it a C just because there wasn't really much on court stuff, but the coaching situation stuff. Who's going to be the head coach? Who's going to be hired? Who's going to be fired? I thought that would be, for the most part, pretty real. Just trying to figure out what you're going to do, and I think, I think you see that aspect in kind of what you're saying if you're going to get hired or not. Is if you're an interim coach like he is here, you have. It, and they didn't do it at the end of the season, but you think there's so many teams, basketball or other professional sports, college, college does it a lot in basketball where you see someone get let go in January and they hire someone interim. Yeah. And you're, then you're up for the job and you're like, am I going to get it? Am I not? What do I need to do to do this? It's Mm -hmm. almost like you're on a boiling hot water already. Yeah. Yeah. And that's more and more of a move in the, in the college game. Uh, We saw that this year with, uh, Chris Mack from Louisville. They fired him yeah. in, in early January. Um, yeah. And uh, that's just becoming more common. Uh, I mean, college, college sports at that level has been professional for a long time. Uh, right. it, it, they're just slowly but surely tearing the Band-Aid off. You know, um, you know they're getting there with it. But um, So we're, we're pretty close on with that. I, yeah, I had a C. I had a C. You could have talked me into a C plus. I technically gave it a C plus, but I, I could see the C, uh, the C grade being a. Uh, it was average. It was okay. It was. Yeah. It, it was that. So, um, who made the most out of the '80s and survived award for this week, Mister Hall? Drum roll. Uh, Spencer Haywood. Okay. I just. I mean, it just pretty much showed what I think life was for, I don't want to say, a a majority of probably professional athletes or movie stars. Um, How they, how they, what they went through um, and how the drugs were big time and you had a career on top of that. Yeah. Um, And he lived, he lived life to the fullest for sure in the 70s and the 80s. Mm Mm-hmm. But then you kind of get so, the backstory, and you but understand. Then you, then you find the out trauma. about his history and his life, and what he's been through, and um, you kind of see how rough he had it, um, and where he where he ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. Like he he kind of grew up. I don't know if it's grew up, but found a way to get out of get out of the. I say the suburbs, or get out of get off the streets and get into um, get into the good side of things and try to make a better life of it. But he also still had a lot of demons 
that he was battling. Yep. I'm looking at Pearl's, Pearlman's book right now, and on yeah. page 84, uh, here's the quote here. Um, he said, he, you know, Spencer Haywood barely existed. He was an unwanted nuisance. I had the greatest opportunity of my career right in front of me, Haywood said years later, and I blew it. I effing blew it. Um, you know, and so uh, here's my question, and I'm trying to look this up real quick in the book. Uh, is is Spencer Haywood really going to blow uh, buy a bazooka and blow up the Lakers? <laughs> That's what I wondered at the end of that. <laughs> I was like, okay, this can't be real. This has got to be just something they added in there. But I don't know. That that just sounded uh, way offline for sure. But I guess we'll see what happens uh, next week for yeah. sure. So here's the part here. And, uh, you know, here's the part right before the finals. Uh, the Lakers went into the series with uh, laser-like focus. Well, at least 11 of the 12 did. And going down here, uh, he said he... he uh, he w- if he would do nothing, lay off the drugs until after the NBA Finals, blah blah blah. Um, he fell asleep. Uh, he he uh, he st- he smoked crack cocaine at three by three a.m. He had yet to sleep, and his arms and legs were squirming and twitching beyond control. With practice only five hours away, he decided to take two quaaludes to calm his nerves. Haywood slept for a brief spell, uh, left the house, and started his car. Uh, though his body was numb, Haywood capably backed out of the driveway. Amazingly, everything seemed fine. He was awake. He was in control. He could do this. Then Haywood stopped at a red light and fell asleep. He jolted awake. Twice more, he dozed off before he finally arrived at the gym. Upon getting to the gym, all he could do was he did all he could to act normally. Um, and then they turned off the lights to show film. He fell asleep. He falls asleep. Uh, and then he basically has a cocaine seizure out on the floor there. Um, so he, uh, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see if he really does come out of there with a bazooka, uh, like a GI Joe guy or something like that. I'm not sure. So, um, my award for this week, um, it goes to drum roll, please. Dr. No. Remember Dr. No at the beginning of the episode, the cancer doctor, I thought Jerry Buss was going to kill him. Oh, it, it, uh, it, uh, I thought he was going to throw him through a window for sure. <laughs> At the very least, he was going to end up on the forum floor or something. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was, uh, kudos to John C. Riley, uh, for the acting job in that scene because I thought that was, I was, I was legit scared that he was going to take the dude down. I, I legitimately was. I uh, that was a heck of an acting job by John C. Riley there in that scene, and uh, I thought Doctor No was not going to make it. I I really did. So uh, he got he he survived it. They trusted yeah. him enough to to take care of of Ma Bus until she passed away. Uh, but that was my award for this week. Yeah. It was a quick scene, quick episode, quick part for him, but he he uh, he handled it very well. Yep, yep, yes, he did. So, uh, coaching point or concept you're going to steal from this episode? I got a couple things here. Um, I'll let you go first, Casey. Um, I kind of, I mean, it wasn't basketball, but it was kind of like where my my favorite scene was from with uh, Jeannie Buss and her grandma, pretty much saying, "Do what you need to do. Try to." I mean. In basketball, it's like don't don't give up. Don't let people tell you no. You've got to do things your way. 
sometimes you'll learn that they're right. Sometimes you'll learn that they're wrong, but don't, don't hide away from anything. Step forward and try to go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was really good. Um, a coaching aspect, just some people may tell you you're not doing the right thing, but you just got to keep going mm-hmm. and battling, battling through. So that was, that was my key one there. So I have something like that. Um, different, different scene, uh, but major player in the story. And I got to give kudos to, again, the... Uh, and uh, I've always liked her as an actress. Uh, where'd she go? Night, uh, not... No, not Jesse Buss. Um, but uh, Chris Johnson... Or Chris Riley, sorry. Uh, the gal that plays uh, Jillian Jacobs as Chris Riley. Uh, she was on oh, Community, yeah. you know? Yeah. And... Uh, the the Riley family mantra, uh, function forward, control what we can control. And uh, th- that scene happen- happened early in the show. And, yep. you know, again, sometimes we as coaches, we get so caught up with, you know, what if, you know, you know, two nights before we're playing you guys, well, what if Casey does this and this? What if he comes up with something new with his, with his zone trap or he does something like this? Uh, and I'm sure you probably think the same thing about me, you know, what's it, you know, and, and no, no, just, just keep going forward. I can't worry about what Casey's doing. Function forward, control what we can control. And sometimes we need to be reminded that we get so caught up in kind of the outside stuff, um, and the things around us that we don't focus on the things that are right in front of us and, and the things that we can control. And if we just focus more on that, we don't have to worry about anything else. So, yep. kind of that tough person behind the 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 uh, the other character, so to speak. Right. So, so very similar in that way. Um, the other coaching point I had, um, you know, Jerry West had his list of lists beyond lists, and then list of more lists. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think we all have to accept that we that we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Uh, there's no perfect coach. There's no there's no perfect player for sure. Um, and you know we we have to keep that in mind that we've got to take sometimes we just got to go with our gut sometimes but but we're never going to find that perfect fit that perfect uh entity that's just going to make everything that's just going to answer all all of our uh issues and and take care of it and and when we accept that we have our flaws as coaches and how we handle our teams that's also something that will allow us to focus on our strengths. And again, getting back to that Riley fan, family mantra, function forward, control what we control. That was another thing I, I thought of as I was watching this episode as well. Yeah, and I just thought of something else. Another thing I thought of was um, believe in yourself um, always. Like you had Westhead and Riley like worried about if they're going to have the job or not, but they all both continued to at least – try to continue to believe in what they were doing is right. Mm-hmm. Um, don't waver from what you're doing or what you thought you did, that it's going to turn you over or change, change what your job is. Um, just continue to believe in yourself and work hard at it and it'll work. And I understand where Westhead's at. Like you don't want to lose a friendship over taking the job, but, what you did has got him there. Yeah. Yeah. And you, 
the blueprint was there, but you don't win however many games they ended up winning. Uh, you don't do that yeah. by accident. Right. You don't do it by accident. You have done some good things as well. And, yeah. and yeah, you know, McKinney came in. He laid uh, a foundation. He laid some, some groundwork. But you did some really good things too, Paul. And, Pat, yep. you know, so enjoy it. So uh, overall grade for this episode. Uh, Mr. Hall, I'll go first on this one. Okay. Um, I gave it a C. Uh, C, and again, you could talk me into a C plus, but about a C plus is, is all the higher I could go. Uh, like I said, there were some good things. I, I really enjoyed uh, the quick uh, Pat and Chris Riley scene. Uh, There's some things I enjoyed with uh, Jerry or uh, Jeannie Bus and, and Jesse Bus, like like you said. Um, I, I really like we talked about earlier. I really enjoyed the Kareem Spencer Haywood dynamic and how that all kind of came to a head at the end of the episode and and just their uh, just the, the evolution of their friendship as the season has gone along. That's something I've really enjoyed watching uh, because that's a true teammate thing. And again, this is supposed to be a basketball show, and that's a true evolution of teammates growing together and truly caring about one another. And you know, tough move by Kareem in the show, at least. Of him say, hey, I voted you out of here because I want, you know, I've got to take my friendship and I've got to set that aside for something that I want. And I think that, you know, if there's a theme in this episode in particular, it's what are you going to do to get what you want? Kareem, you know, sets aside his personal feelings for Spencer to get what he wants, which is a championship ring. Jeannie trying to get the job with her dad. Riley trying to get that full-time coaching gig with the Lakers and so forth and so on. Um, some good things. Again, I have a hard time just skipping through a whole, you know, a, a montage to, to summarize, you know, 10 playoff games. And yeah, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow for me, uh, for a show that's supposed to be a basketball show. Um, so I'm, I'm again, kind of with like the, the basketball realism C to C plus. That's where I kind of fell on this one. Yeah. I had a C for it. Um, I think, I think there was a lot of good storylines there, just kind of learning about people and seeing what kind of emotion and history they had and dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought some of that stuff was good, um, but I'm disappointed again that we didn't see really any basketball besides quick clips of two series mm-hmm. that were 10 games long. Mm-hmm. Um, combined. So that was, that was disappointing, but I mean, I think some of the storylines, you kind of learn more about different people, um, and some potentially where, how Jeannie bus kind of worked her way into the family business a little more. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll learn more about that as probably at the end of this season and going into the next season for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of want to see where her, where see where that goes, and how much of that turns into realism. Yeah, yeah, and, and I hope you know. Obviously, season one's in the can. Um, yeah, you know they're they're going to do whatever they're going to do next week with the finale. But I I agree with you. Uh, let's base this a little bit more in that reality realm. And and yeah. hopefully for season two, and we'll be back for season two. Right, Mister Hall, are you back for season two? I should be free. Okay, all right. Uh, 
Okay, we'll have to renegotiate your contract. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I hope that now that a lot of these personal things are established, that we get to the, the, the meat and potatoes of the, the evolution of the team and the team itself. You know, let's make this uh, more like a, a blue chips type of feel to things instead of trying to hit kind of the the Oscar or Academy Award type of thing. You know, this this you know this is what you get into this type of program for, in in, yeah. in my opinion. And this is the drum I've beaten for nine episodes, and I'm not going to apologize for it because when I see Winning Time, uh, the the story of the Los Angeles Lakers, which is something that had a huge effect on both your childhood and my 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 childhood. That's the story I want to see. That's the story I want to yeah. see. And I understand that there's going to be personal stuff behind there. But I want to see the evolution of the team and, yeah. and how that came together. I, and I, I want to kind of see where um, – and we can probably talk more about this next week too after we get through the final episode. But I kind of want to see are they going to jump just uh, – are they going to jump ahead to where Westhead gets fired? And they go there. Okay. My, um, my prediction is going to be they're going to kind of fast forward through the 81 season because that's when the Celtics, they lose to the Rockets. Like I could see them doing the 81 yeah, season. Like the Rockets in, in this. Yeah, in the playoffs. And, or, yeah. And I could see them doing that in like one episode. You know, like here's all this stuff that happened, you know, whatever, through the magic of editing. Fast forward a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of a time hop. I think that's what they call it in the in the entertainment industry. A little bit of a time hop, uh, a buzz through, um, and Larry Bird wins his championship, and, and Magic gets frustrated, and, and yeah, you know, uh, that's... When you have drama like that, that's the drama that I'm looking for. That's that's the, the Hoosiers ask, when's Jimmy Chipwood going to come onto the team? Uh, you know, that's the, that's the stuff we watch sports movies and sports programs about is, is that's what we want to focus on. Again, that's no disrespect to the passing of Jer- uh, Jesse Buss. Uh, that's no disrespect to, uh, the business practices of, of Jerry Buss. Uh, but I just thought we'd see a lot more focus on the team, um, and, and the evolution of the team. That was just me. So. Um, so we're both at a solid C for this episode, Casey. Yeah. Yep. Solid C. All right. So anything else to add? I don't think so. I'm, I'm kind of wonder what they're going to do for the final episode. I'm a basketball. We're going to see the NBA finals. I'm kind of excited, but I'm also kind of hesitant because as much as basketball as we've seen, I'm kind of worried that we're not going to see much, but hopefully we do see a lot. Well, all they have to focus on is six games. Um, right. you know, I gotta be honest, if, if Kareem doesn't sprain his ankle, we got a whole bunch of <laughs> issues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Kareem sprains his ankle late in game five. Uh, that's, that's a pretty big, uh, story, uh, uh plot point here that we're going to yeah. cover. So, um, I, I think, you know, I think I called it two or three episodes ago. I think they're going to, you know, with the pacing of the, of the series, they're going to wrap it up with the finals. Dr. Buss is obviously going to end up in the black. He's going to be able to make the payment to the Great Western Bank. Um, and and that, that's where they're going to wrap it up, uh, I think, for the for the season. That's obviously the, the timeline that they're on. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. 
what they what they do there, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. So yeah, all right, man. All right, well, hey, thanks for coming on again, Casey. Appreciate it. Yeah. Anything anything to share? Anything else to share with the listeners? Nope, just uh, right, kind of ready for the next episode and right. ready for some actually uh, nice weather in Omaha, Nebraska, hopefully soon. That would be nice. That would be nice. So, well, episode nine of Winning Time, um, Acceptable Loss was the title of the episode. Uh, we are acceptably moving on with average grades pretty much across the board for Mr. Hall and I. Uh, we'll be back here for next week, uh, the the season finale. It's not the series finale, it's the season finale. Like we said, it's already been renewed for, for season two. So uh, we'll be back here for the season uh, finale of Winning Time, season one. I hope you folks enjoyed this episode that Casey and I put on here tonight. And uh, coaches, as always, be sure to hone your craft one day at a time.